0: But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball, it's in the same nine by nine court and the rules are the same. So we, uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's,
1: it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your you A little <laughs>
0: free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net, you need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win.
1: You know what, Rob? I cannot wait. Until the next national team season, so that we can do some more interviews and get some more sound bites, and we can get rid of me just fumbling the crap out of that <laughs> opening, that opening scene. There, just, is that on your shirt? Uh, yeah, duh, 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 duh. I could have said so, so many things. And I just every, every, time,
0: every time we play it, I laugh at your reaction because you because I know you hate that you started over it. But there's no way that the nine by nine is going to come up that organically again. There's no way.
1: I. I someone will do it for us someone who loves this show eric shoji i'm looking at you if you're if you're watching under a, under a ghost name uh will do it for us well rob said it said it what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to the nine by nine the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content not only on the internet but literally anywhere uh it is episode 46 it's december 6th and rob we are now into the christmas season um is now or holiday season if if you will my name is Everett DeLorme. That's, as always, Rob St. Clair from Chicago. Uh, Rob, we're into the holiday season, and that means a lot of things. Uh, first and foremost, that means the NCAA tournament. But before we get into that, it also that. means it also means the announcement of where the VNL finals will be in 2023. So let's just jump into it because we have some breaking news. 2023, the VNL finals will be heading to Arlington, Texas. I have to say, Rob Saint Clair, USAV is really got to go like two, two for two in terms of locations this year.
0: Uh, the... Take wow.
1: it away for us, buddy.
0: Wow. Well, uh, first of all, uh, this this is awesome. This is great news. And uh, it, we did maybe infer that both VNL hosting sites were going to be in Arlington, Texas, for the women, and Gdańsk, Poland, for the men. Which we'll talk about in a little bit. Not really anything to talk about there, honestly. We talked about that a couple weeks ago here on the show when it when the the main round of VNL hosting sites and schedule came out. Uh, we were talking about the rumors surrounding where the finals were going to be, and somebody brought up in the chat at the time that there was a very real chance. Well, I brought up that it might that the women's finals might come to the U.S. But somebody in the chat brought up Arlington, Texas, specifically. And sure enough, uh, it's official July 12th, which is a Wednesday through the 16th. So it's a, I think a five-day tournament in 2023 in the summer. Uh, that's where the VNL finals will be in Arlington, Texas, in the United States. Uh, I am I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm really happily surprised. I'm, I'm fascinated about what, the, what was the turnaround. What, what, what happened to USA Volleyball? between last year sending week one of the women's VNL to the place that shall not be named, which I'll go ahead and say, it's Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana, the most embarrassing place on planet Earth to host international volleyball. What happened between that and bringing men's VNL to Anaheim in the regular round and then the women's VNL finals to Arlington, Texas? I don't know what happened in the USA Volleyball organization in between then and now, but boy, am I happy about it. I think this is awesome. And it has potential. you know what? I'd like to think that
1: they just play that clip of you getting mad at them (laughs) over and over at lunch hour. You know, instead of, the ple- like, the Pledge of Allegiance, like, at the beginning of the day, like you guys do in school, which is one of the weirdest things. Not anymore. In, in, the, the, in, that, in, that ended okay. about
0: 10 years ago. But I hope that they've been doing that in the USCV offices in Colorado Springs, just looping me, yelling at them about this time last year when Shreveport, <laughs> Bossier City was announced. Yeah, no more of that. It, it's crazy. So we, we already talked about the Anaheim announcement for the men. We don't need to talk about that anymore. But Arlington, Texas, for the women, I That's like this a lot. Massive. I. I yeah, I really, really like this. So it's we we know the arena. It's going to be played in an arena called College Park Center. This is on the campus of UT Arlington, uh, the University of Texas at Arlington, one of the, the big University of Texas satellite campuses. Um, Arlington, by the way, uh, for non-Americans, is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So the big city of Dallas has a decently big city called Fort Worth to the west of it, and Arlington is right in the middle of the two. So you've got a major international airport. Unlike Shreveport, Boston or city. Um, So this, this arena, it it, it hosts all UT Arlington, indoor sports, men's, women's basketball, women's volleyball. It's also the home of the Dallas area, WNBA team, which is cool. So uh, yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got a nice women's sports precedent there. It seats about 7,000, which I honestly think is kind of perfect for, an do arena we, do, we, do we
1: not think that's like a little too small, though? Like, like think about it. The men's going to be played at at, at the Ergo <laughs> Arena in Gdańsk. That's yeah. like fourteen thousand. Like that's going to be du- double the size. Like he'll hell, even Ottawa VNL is going to be held at the TD Place, and that's like what, like ten to twelve thousand. Is like, it is, really is that, that big
0: at TD Place?
1: Wow. Oh, it's it's definitely it's definitely over ten. It's one of the bigger arenas that we have, uh, in the CHL, which is the the junior hockey league here in Canada. But yeah, it it, it is it is is it is about that size. You can't really tell because they do, uh, curtain off that upper that upper set of seats. But yeah, I think it's about twelve twelve k. So seven is seven k enough? Going to be enough for the, the 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 VNL finals? Because one thing I I do want to add is that like Texas is volleyball crazy. Yeah, like it is. Women's women's volleyball is absolutely massive in Texas, and we already know it's big in Texas. So, seven thousand gonna be enough? Put this in Cowboy Stadium. Why not?
0: <laughs> well, a couple of reasons why not, and that's a totally fair point because it, elsewhere around the world, seven thousand might not be enough to fit the demand of the people that want to come watch the Philippines. Match. You know? Oh yeah, for sure, the Philippines would would triple that attendance, no problem. You got to think back though, Everett to the last time the VNL finals were hosted in the United States, which was in Chicago. And that, that arena here in Chicago is, is tiny. Like that, that arena on the campus of UIC seats 4,000 at most. We couldn't even fill half of that arena. And it's so much so that, that they had to like black out most of the arena so that you couldn't tell on TV how empty the stands were. So that's the precedent that we have in the United States for USA Volleyball hosting the VNL finals, which is one reason I'm surprised they're even bothering to come back. It's not about how many people you can stuff in the arena or the capacity of the arena. It's about how full by percentage of a capacity the arena can be. That really makes it feel more electric and more intense. So if you can put a smaller arena out there and pack it to the brim, that energy will feel a lot better in the house and will look a lot better on TV than if you had a 15,000-seat arena and only put 5,000 in there. It would look different, even though the number of bodies in the house would be pretty similar. So that, I, I actually like this. Now, and the last thing I want to say about this is just like we said, Everett, when we talked about VNL, like the host sites being announced the last time, the one thing that we can guarantee is that USA Volleyball will fail to market this event correctly. 100% no fail. without a doubt. And so every one of you needs, if at all possible, if you live in North America, or especially if you live in the United States, get yourself to these games. Buy tickets when they come out. We'll tell you when, because USA Volleyball won't. We'll tell you when they come out. We'll encourage you all to get there. Be there in person to watch the best women's volleyball in the world. It is the best tournament happening in 2023 for the women. Get there. Put your butts in those seats so that things like this continue to come to North America and the U.S. specifically. We know that USAV will fail to market this event. We know that. So you need. We need. We will help and get you all there if at all possible. Get there in July in the second week of July to get to this event. Uh, we will be there if if we can be there, and you should too. I mean, I think so far we're
1: planning to be there, right? It's so perfect. Anaheim's the week before. Hell, we could even road trip. You wanna you wanna rent a convertible and road trip from uh, L.A. to to Dallas, Texas? No, I do not want to do that. That sounds terrible. Um, But one
0: thing is, we go straight from Anaheim like that last Sunday. The Sunday like January or sorry July I think ninth. Straight from that, three days later is the start of VNL finals on the women's side in Texas. So we're staying in the U.S. for like two whole weeks. Yeah. Um,
1: but what I'm actually going to one up you, Rob, because if you're watching the show, you're already like you're already like the top one percent of the one percent of volleyball fans. Like you, yep. you, you know that. Right. Yeah. So I want you if you are part if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, if you're in the, the state of Texas, if you're anywhere near, if you have any intention whatsoever to go go to this game or go to any of these games at any point, then be a leader and bring other people with you right? Bring your volleyball friends with you. Yeah. How many volleyball friends do you have? You don't give a shit about volleyball. This is a way to make them to give a shit about volleyball by showing them at, at the best level, one of the highest like possible stages that that we can play. So be a leader and get like, get tickets, get tickets for your friends, get tickets for your family members. It's like yeah, like grab your boyfriend, grab your girlfriend, like whatever it is and go like that. That's fine. But be a leader. And like, we know it in advance start telling people about it, sharing information about it, right? There's only one way to make more volleyball come to North America. And that's by making it a viable option. And so far it hasn't been right. Auto's in a great job at building that up a viable option, but it still hasn't been fantastic. I'd like, I'd like to see it be more full, right? I see legendary videos from the university of Texas where that stadium is absolutely rammed. I've gotten chills by seeing Instagram videos, Texas come out for me. Like, like, Come out for this event. You have the one of the best teams in the world. Go out to this event and bring your friends with you. Right. That's that's all I ask. If you watch this show, be a first level adopter, be a leader, bring your friends to the to the games because they will not just dis- it will not disappoint them and they will not de- like have a bad time.
0: Absolutely. Very well said. If you're watching, you've got to get yourself there and be be a leader in your community, get everyone else there. Uh, this is like hype up to get people to vote in the election. (laughs) Uh, This is easier and better and more fun than voting in an election. It is way better than elections. Way better. We we, we say all the time, if you've never seen national team level volleyball in person before, you have no idea what you're missing out on. You've got to get to this. And I know the atmosphere in the South in particular, not even just Texas, but even Nebraska is not overwhelmingly far away. Uh, That's maybe the best individual Like women's volleyball community in the country in terms of viewership. like They they pack 10,000 into every Nebraska women's game. And the University of Texas in Austin, which is only a couple hours away from Dallas-Fort Worth, is uh, not that far behind them, like Everett said. I'm looking forward to huge crowds at this game, but it's not going to be because USA Volleyball markets it. Everyone else is going to have to figure it out. So get yourself to this, and uh, get there if you can, and we'll see you there. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun summer. Three
1: separate VNL events in In North North America, America. Rob. I'm feeling a bit of a road trip. I'm feeling
0: I'm feeling a bit of
1: a fun time in
0: this one. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm totally ready for it. And uh, if you want to go to the men's VNL finals, uh, just like we predicted when uh, when the news came out a few weeks ago, we heard the rumor that the, the men's finals would be headed to Gdansk, Poland. And sure enough, that is confirmed. So a week after the women's, uh, July 19th through the 23rd, will be the men's VNL finals in Poland. I mean, this is a good move. Uh, there was only one European stop, or no, uh, two. There was uh, France and the Netherlands. Yeah, there's uh, that one week week yeah and yeah week two on the men's side so it, it's only right that the finals goes back to Europe and Poland in particular we know that they can throw these events we know the fans will show up there's not really that much to talk about here this is a good move this is this is absolutely yeah. a good move I have I have two
1: sides to this first and foremost as you said good mood move Poland is going to make it amazing that Gdansk Arena, the Ergo Arena I, bl- I, b- I believe is is fantastic uh it's truly like the pin- of pinnacle of volleyball great yeah. job Poland great. you're awesome we love you uh if you want to bring us out we'll happily I'll happily jump on a tr- on a plane from Texas to Poland without a doubt so uh let's get get your people to contact our people which is really just us and let's get this moving but second of all Rob do we have a, a worry here that maybe the finals Uh, locations are getting a little bit stale because we have a lack of countries that can actually properly adequately support volleyball events right like it's like it's it's the rotation is like basically poland and then we got italy um sometimes brazil gets in there sometimes you know like sometimes we get you we get usa when is japan gonna host the 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 vnl finals that's what i want to know
0: I, I, we don't need to give any more VNL to Asia. We already talked about this. They have an overwhelming percentage of, especially on the women's side. But I, I care more. I, I'm not at the at the point to complain about going back to the same places. If if we've if a place has proven that it can host the VNL finals and do it right, I have no problem going back there. Uh, we don't have enough good volleyball host sites in the world. We don't have enough countries and governing bodies and fan bases that really figure it out. And I will never get mad about going to Poland. Never get mad about that. Their fans yeah. are amazing. They yeah. they actually get it. And they will show up for games even when Poland is not playing to some degree. So uh, I'll take it. I'll never complain about that.
1: 100%. It's like playing hockey in Canada. You're It's just, right. it's just always going to be a win. Yep. All righty. Well, uh, that, let's, let's move on from that. Stoke for it. UT, Texas. We're going to be there. Let's go. Is it? Yeah, I, okay. I
0: I can't wait. I'm thrilled. It's going to be an awesome like two week sequence from uh, Anaheim to that. It's, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited for uh, American volleyball, but we've really got an opportunity here. We've got to do this right. 100%. Uh, you want to move on to some yeah, international ball?
1: Absolutely. Let's move on to some Italian volleyball from uh, Texas barbecue to Italian pasta, heading over to the super Lega here and kind of a pedestrian week in, in the super Lega on the men's side. As, as we see those scores, Milano still playing without uh, a middle blocker. Not that you'd know anything from the broadcast. Don't mention it at all. Oh, why not? Right. God, that Why, was why not talk me. about one of the most impressive things that's happening in the volleyball? We're over right that's now. Uh, super overrated. Uh, Piacenza <laughs> all over Tristerna, Verona back to their winning. Ways over Siena, Modena taking down Monza. That was kind of a a bit of a surprise for me based on how those two teams, uh, Trentino all over Padova, and of course, Perugia taking down Toronto. Rob, where do you want to start? What do we want to talk about here?
0: I mean, there's not really that much to talk about. Perugia is better than Toronto, obviously. Trentino is better than Padova, obviously. Verona is better than Siena, obviously. Uh, Piacenza versus Cisterna, we can m- maybe talk about a little bit because those two teams have been streaky. But I-, I really want to talk about Modena versus Monza because, uh, mostly because of who we didn't see on the court on the Monza side. No Stephen Marr in this one. And he's not even, he didn't even dress, didn't play at all. Everett, tell us anything that we know about the Steven Mar situation right now. So it looks like
1: reports coming out of Monza right now are saying that Stephen Marr, uh, was declared injured saw team doctors and team doctors declared him good to go uh but he disagreed with that and declared himself not good to go um and opted out of playing in which case uh monza actually suspended him for the match and didn't even have him uh anywhere and it looking looking like he might be facing a fine which to me is is quite interesting rob um you would think that you know this You know, this is like like this isn't Kawhi Leonard. Like, if a guy says he's injured, give him a chance. Like, give him one week off. You're going to suspend him anyways. What? Like, what's you really had? Like, it literally had the exact same outcome. Now everyone's just more upset. Like, this is just terrible management by Monza. This is what I talk about. Good clubs win, and bad clubs find a way to get their own way. This is exactly what's happening right here, in my opinion.
0: This is the most volleyball headline of all time force a player to play through an injury because we already run our athletes into the ground and a player we we claim to have better knowledge of a player's own body and physical condition than the player himself. This is nuts. Why? If a player says he's not fit to play because we heard that Mar got injured in the pot of a game a week ago and he said that he wasn't going to go in this one and they said, you're good to go. You better go. He said, Nope. And so they said, okay, you're not going, which is exactly what he wanted in the first place. It's ridiculous. Why, why are we, why are we running our athletes into the ground like this? Why are we not trusting them about their own physical condition? And why are we not just giving a guy a game off if he says he needs a game off? It's the most volleyball headline of all time. Uh, makes no sense. Doesn't didn't need to be done this way. And sure enough, I mean Monza without him uh, didn't really play very well. Who knew? No,
1: that I mean they had who was that the kid like Martinelli uh, or Luka something? Luca
0: Martila. I've never Martila. Yeah, he was he was all right, but it was it was.
1: It was very clear that they, you'd think like Angapeth and Bruner, would be like, oh, there's this rookie out here instead of Steven Marr. Yeah, let's just pick on him, like he's, you know, like strawberries or whatever. I'm sure they yeah. feasted on him. But he hung in it's, there. It's,
0: okay, passing his attacking numbers were
1: not good at all. Yeah, not. It, it, I watched that game and it was just he didn't pass the eye test. He's somewhat, somewhat, but but not great. Mm-hmm. It's just it's ridiculous because it's, especially when you look at that trio outsides that they have at Molinzo with Davis Daviskiba, and him. Him, Grosjeur and Daviskiba didn't have the summer that mar did right right i know that that canada didn't make a deep run into the world championships but at least they went to the world championships like rosary and Davis skiba weren't there right and then furthermore like neither of them played vnl either so like just it's early in the season give the dude a week off you're playing a bad you know like what's what's the problem and then on top of that you're just gonna add a, a, a fine like it's this is this is garbage volleyball right here like, and we're not talking about an athlete who's making millions of dollars, maybe six figures. I would like to think Stephen Marr is making six figures, but Stephen
0: Mar is clearly worth six figures. So. Yeah,
1: but it is. It is volleyball. I mean, it is volleyball.
0: This this is a dumb headline. I don't like this. Uh, whatever, Modena wins. Uh, good for Modena. They're in second place in the standings. We can look at the standings again just to highlight the absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous gap between one and literally everybody else. It is crazy. <laughs> crazy how much better Perugia is than everybody else. 13 points better.
1: Yeah, it's it's not surprising in any way, shape, or form when you look at that roster that they've collected, and we've talked about it time and time again. We don't need to go to, go to over yeah. it. But I'm just ready for what is likely to be a fist fight throughout the rest of the season. Because when you're looking at what are the points separating like Toronto and 10th, Crazy Padova started so good, and they've just been on a landslide since it's been seven. But Toronto in 10th to Modena in 2nd is 11 points, which yeah, is absolutely six. nothing. That's like a, hand, a handful of and games. And only so.
0: three wins. Yeah, it's, it's only three wins because yeah. Modena and Trentino have a match in hand. It, it's wild. It's, it's, we talk about it every week. This is an extremely competitive league other than the top team, uh, which, is, which is awesome. That makes every match extremely fun to watch.
1: One thing I do want to address here, Rob. Though quickly going to the chat, Ronnie coming in clutch with a Simone update. Who I was just about been, to get to who, this. Who hasn't been uh, uh, around with Piacenza back problems? He doesn't know when he's going to come back because uh, the doctors don't know how it is as, bad as yet. Um, that's uh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, Robert Landy Simone, although he's the best middle blocker in the world, is not young. He's thirty. 30- Four at least maybe even 35 and we know he really barely played over the summer he um he didn't play at all at Norsecas and he didn't play much at the at the Challenger Cup which Cuba won to get into VNL uh and then he honestly he didn't look overwhelmingly good to start the season for Piacenza that's not entirely his fault his connection with or lack thereof uh, connection with Antoine Brizard has been pretty well documented but again caution especially with a player like that. You've got to be careful, especially with a player like that. And back injuries are weird. They don't heal very well. You, it's very difficult to play through them. So, uh Ronnie, thank you for the update. We will uh, look to you to to continue to update us on how our boy Robert Lenny Simone is doing. But a bright spot for both Cuba and Piacenza is that Romy Alonso has looked great. Exactly. He's looked yeah. great playing in Simone's place. Uh Seven for nine, attacking against Giusserna with two blocks.
1: Yeah, and I mean... I knew that Alonso was gonna have an impact on this team at, at some point. We didn't really see him. I didn't get to see him at the Pan Am Cup, didn't we really get to see him at the World Championships and has taken his time getting into this roster, but kind of perfect timing. And you know that Simone Simone is, is gonna be right there helping him every step of the way. Uh because is actually when when Simone isn't around, Alonso is the captain of the of the Cuban national team. Right. And you can tell when he's on that team too. He's a fiery presence. He's 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 really passionate and he gets in your face. He doesn't have the physical talents of those other guys. He's made Maybe six six, like he's 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 an undersized middle, but he's fast and he he's physical. Not as technical and as precise as Kokonovsky, but kind of plays a, a, a similar a similar type of game. So he's been someone who's been fantastic for for Piacenza, and I mean we also see, see that Ronnie that uh, Simone is going to be playing VNL Norcika Championships and Olympic qualifying for for Cuba. Um, you want to go to Norcika Championships too?
0: uh depends on where they are but yeah sure i'm down women's oh, is in not? women's is in canada men's is in the u.s really yeah no I, way I, usa volleyball man what happened to this organization i think what this we awesome. need i
1: think what you and i need to do is we need to get good old crystal ball onto the phone and be like hey
0: get us big man yeah.
1: let us stream these let us stream these matches on volleyball source and we'll we'll get you we'll get you
0: them views that is a great idea uh, all right. Let's. You want to move on to the Italian Women's League because there's really not that much more to say about the Super Lega?
1: No, not much more to say. And there's been some spicy things happening in uh, the women's side. First and foremost, you got to see that there is no more undefeated teams in the Super Lega. Down goes Canigliano as they fall to uh, Scandici. You, s- you see, they're 3 nothing.
0: Damn. Damn. Eh, uh, I'm not concerned about this for Caneliano. Uh, It's important to point out that they played the bench. Uh, Isabel Hawk did not play. Catherine Plummer did not play. Uh, It's very important to know. I think that Caneliano was kind of punting this game to rest up for uh, maybe a week before they go to Turkey to play the Club World Championship, and I don't disagree with that at all. We kind of saw the same thing for Caneliano last year when they were on the, the crazy win streak, although it was literally seven times as many matches won in a row than uh, Caneliano's, whatever it was, 9-0 and start. Mm-hmm. But the pressure that was lifted off of last year's team once they did lose a match uh, really made a, a positive difference for them. And I think that this actually, this doesn't hurt them at all and maybe even helps them, Caneliano speaking, going into the club world championship next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at this point for them the eyes is is all on the club world championships, um, and I, I have to say, as we're going to get into it a little bit later, the men women side of the club world championships is much more legitimate with way some more, actual with way some more. actual contenders. We'll get get onto the wacky men's side in a little bit. So yeah, I hundred percent. If the, if they're going to punt it and get ready for for that rematch against any of those Turkish teams because Turkey's been a blue bath so far, um, why not? Let's. Let's, let's let's do it. Let's get ready for a ship next week.
0: Yep, I agree. I'm cool with this. Uh Skandici, by the way, gotta give them credit. Um again without Ophelia Malinovs, Zhu Ting was amazing, 17 for 33, no errors, 52% efficiency, three blocks, like and an ace. Like that's that's absolutely gnarly. uh antropova came in for a slumping mean guard, he played great. Haley Washington looked great. Uh, they were kind of moving things around at the other outside hitter. Didn't even need Alana Pietrini and still 1-3-0. So uh, good so, for Scandici, but I, th- I think this was a punt by Conigliano, like you said.
1: Actually, we are getting in the chat. Gussie Pussy 1995. Conigliano was sick. Hack and Plummer had fevers with and Cook were sick too, but played anyways.
0: Yeah. So okay, a, little bit well, of a, yeah.
1: flu, a little bit of a flu game over there uh, for uh, Vologe and, and Cook. Well, uh, this is why, why
0: does, why it. is that not widely broadcast information? Why do we not know that? Why, why, why is volleyball media not covering the fact that there's an illness sweeping through the best team in Italy? And that's why they're not playing their starters. I, I just assumed that they were resting. Why don't we know that? God why is there this is, new source this, is, this is
1: really where we need to be like a DJ and we just press the three boom boomers in a trench coat uh, button <laughs> and an animation comes on to the because it it's it permeates head down trust me this buffoonery it starts at the FIVB and then it trickles down to the different national federations and it, to pro leagues and stuff like that there's like there's this this boomer buffoonery that we've seen for so for so long and it it permeates throughout all of volleyball trust uh-huh. me Rob, I know, I know you're you're new to like the the b- building of the, the 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 bureaucracy of the game, but oh yeah, it's 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 not even like salt and pepper, baby. It's just snow White. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh Incredible. Uh, yeah, I actually think we I need to make a, a just a, an eternal asset for, in the in this for the show for boom three boomers in a trench coat. Just press a button, play a sound effect. Like
1: yeah. God, like they like there's like this like trench coat stumbling across they all <laughs> fell out it's just like three old men <laughs> in diapers
0: we've we've got anybody with animation talent watching the show we Please. might need, to, we might need to put you on that i wasn't expecting uh, that was where this conversation would go about the league of Volley Feminile, but uh that was really the only match to talk about was caneliano getting three donged uh, let's look at the standings once again uh caneliano still pretty comfortably in first place but what is that they have two matches in hand am i reading that correctly Uh, I I understand they've got to front-load their schedule so that they can take a week off for uh, for the Club World Championship, but uh, still plenty of chaos going on behind them. Still two really bad teams at the bottom. And the one other headline, Everett, that we have to talk about is a very sad one, especially for Americans. Jordan Poulter, the starting setter for Novara, has torn her ACL. So her season is over. Uh, That's usually a nine-month recovery at best, so that would put her in august at best uh to come back and play for the united states which means she would be missing vnl hopefully they can get her back for olympic qualifiers but really tough news for one of the best setters in the world
1: yeah and especially with the acl like once again this isn't the nba where we've got the best doctors in the world this isn't the nfl this is like this is this is a tough break and you know as we saw some people talking about it in the discord like does this spell the end of jordan Poulter's career like, is, is she ever going to be the
0: player that, that, that she was? Ooh, I, do pre, not wanna, I don't want to think about that, but she has had a rough year of injuries. I mean, even looking back to the Olympics last year, uh, she rolled her ankle badly, was able to come back and play because uh, she, she hurt herself in pools to the Olympics. Uh, shout outs to um, American national team trainer Kara Kessin. She's a rock star. Got Jordan back to be able to play in the gold medal match. Uh, but then like that she was not healthy there she didn't look overwhelmingly healthy at the world championship for the u.s this year and now this one a very major knee injury so i'm not going to say it's going to be the end of her career but definitely an uphill battle to recovery so uh wishing jordan our best yeah uh, absolutely because yeah
1: it sucks when you see one of the best go down like that and it, it definitely leaves a huge hole in the team usa uh uh whole makeup there so that's that's going to be
0: interesting especially as they as they host the vienna yeah. finals this and year. no old novara as well i mean we've already talked about their lack of a second outside hitter with Mackenzie adams injured now they're they're going to need to go out to the transfer market and get a setter like that that's the only way they're going to they're going to at least have a half decent season And i know they actually played champions league earlier today as we'll talk about in a minute uh Women's Champions League getting underway, and they won without Poulter, but they're they're going to need a a aid on that setter position as well as their outside hitter position. Yeah, without a doubt, that's
1: a that's a tough one to uh, to swallow for both Navarro fans and for Team USA fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's truly really a bummer. Uh, so, anything else about the Italian Women's League, or should we talk about the Champions League? No, uh, we do we want to hit a hit a quick ad before we do that? Let's do it.
1: Let's let let's let's jump right into the advertisements because ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great year and the anniversary sales is still running. You keep buying and it's still going. So still to this day, if you use the code year one, one word, all caps, you're gonna get twenty five five percent off at that volleyball.store you're gonna get like good like Rob, look good like me. We got the spicy volleyball gear, the nine by nine merch, uh, of course the if you know you know series right there in the middle i don't i don't really need to point it out but but some of you have said hey if this stuff was nicer i'd buy some stuff and i I, you know what i I can't even fault you for saying that fair enough but hopefully we have something to wet your whistle a little bit as we do have a brand new line like what we like to call the nine by nine squared uh series we got them in t-shirts uh we got a crew neck and we got the hoodie and they're in a bunch of fun different colors um if on top of what you don't see there, there's a purple one too um rob which which color of first of all hoodie or crew neck and then which Ooh. color do you
0: want i'm i'm i really like a crew neck a lot and um either maybe either a blue or a green i don't know we'll, we'll figure that- something out
1: that forest that forest green yeah, that you like see that a lot uh, is really really nice it's it's i i i'm 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 i might be getting it for for myself as well although i do that orange one you know that uh, that kind of, of fly yeah orange it, one it, pops I, I really like it yeah it's kind of fly so guys make sure to head over to that volleyball.store once again use the code year one all caps to get 25 percent off your entire uh order that's probably only gonna be going on for a little bit longer as uh, i gotta make a little bit of money here guys but uh <laughs> and if you don't want to support us with your hard-earned dollars that makes sense we're going through a recession even though no one will admit it um head over to first of all like this video guys it's only it's we're only at 11 likes there's 41 wa- watching you a hundred have tuned in like Give us a nice little like. It doesn't cost anything. You're already watching. You already like it, and uh, maybe subscribe to the channel. And if you want, become a member to the Volleyball Source, uh, Volleyball Source YouTube channel. It's only yeah. five
0: bucks that would be sweet we've got a lot of good stuff coming out every day i I think everett has no more footage from norseekas and or the Pan Am games or whatever it was and then a new video shows up and i watch it every time because volleyball source baseline footage is the best yeah that's that's
1: uh, that's what great when you have two cameras and you just film one game once (laughs) and you just edit it yeah it's it's fantastic uh real quick just in the chat um any love for Autumn Bailey? Yeah, of course. A lot of love for Autumn Bailey. Um, She could, girl could help us break through at the VNL Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, Autumn Bailey suffered a nasty ACL injury in the summer of 2019 and has never been the same since, speaking of uh, ACL. So, all right, let's move on now to the CEV Champions League. Do we want to start with the women? This week, uh, or do you want to start with the let's do you want to start with the men last let's week? Let's
0: catch up on the men. So let's right. catch up on the men's. Uh, so last week we talked about men's champions league. Uh, last Tuesday we talked about uh, Zoxa versus Trentino, the finals rematch, which Trentino won. Uh, so let's see, we talked about JW beating Friedrich's So we're not gonna do any of that. The the one match I really do want to talk about that we need to catch up on, Everett, is this one. Uh, a big, maybe you could you could argue an upset in pool B with the Berlin Recycling Volleys beating Varta And not only did they beat him, they beat him for full points. 3-1, 25-21, 20-25, 29-27, 27-25. So a banger of a match. This was very fun to watch. And we'll totally shake up things in the standings in Pool B. We'll look at the standings in a minute. Uh, how about this stat line for Marek Sotola? 21 for 35. 21 for 35 uh, he's on our thumbnail for this episode for a reason plus two blocks to lead all scorers at 23 points yes yeah,
1: to be honest rob that's absolutely disgusting and i think we need to start having the conversation of where does he stand amongst outsides or opposites right now and i think that like like we've been kind of hinting for a while that maybe this berlin roster isn't up to snuff and they turned around and t- shut us all up by beating what is probably arguably the best team in the world, in in their pool. So uh, do we start looking at, does this, does Rob, does this win make you look at the Berlin recycling volleys in a different light? And does it make you look at Mark Sotola in a different light? On the second one, it's, it's definitely starting to change. It's not that I didn't think he was good before, but I'm starting to really c- come around to, to how good he could be.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I I am higher on Mark Sotzla now than I was. Now, we saw him last year come in for Ben Patch in various different situations and played pretty well. But when I learned that he was going to be like the guy, like the go to opposite this whole year for Berlin, I just wasn't really that blown away by a team that's usually like making it out of pools and Champions League because I don't really know Sotzla to be a truly world class opposite. But. Uh, maybe he's getting there uh, he's a young kid I think he's only like 23 I'll, I'll double check exactly how old he is but a uh, young kid de- clearly the best lefty check opposite that I know of uh, because his main competition <laughs> is is uh, a certain Yana Trava uh, no, a contest. Way to get a dig. no contest there I like what I've seen from Sotola. he can carry an offense at the Champions League level and I was impressed by that but Two things about kind of this match at a more macro level. This this is a a, a flash in the pan sort of for Berlin. I mean, Ruben shot zero percent efficiency, not good enough. Uh, Timothy Carl, fine. Uh, Berlin has good middles, we know that. Uh, we know their starter setting, their starting setter got hurt, but they're still weak at the outside hitter position. The reason this was a nice win is because Zavierche is overrated. Zavierche is overrated. Why are they giving Uros Kovacevic forty seven balls? He is not a high-volume scorer like that. That is not a sustainable play style for a team that is a legitimate contender in both the Blues League and Champions League. That is not a play style that is going to win you any major tournament at any point. You cannot be giving Kovacevic double the balls of your opposite and your other outside hitter. But he was going for it, though. He hit 53% six errors uh passed the ball just okay uh served terribly as xavi Arche did entirely as a team their serving numbers were awful it's not sustainable it's not a sustainable strategy for them they've got to feed kvorek more balls they've got to find the best version of david kanarski in a given match who's a guy i've never been particularly high on Kovachevich is not the type of outside hitter that you can give 50 balls a match to and and expect to win tournaments like Xavier is good. They could still win this pool. They could still be like a semifinal team in the Plus Liga, usually, uh, just on talent alone. They've got to figure out uh, the distribution of their offense. I don't like it.
1: All right, fair enough. Well, regardless, this was a massive win for Berlin. Puts them in the driver's seat to move on to to, to the next round. And honestly, I think it, it kind of changes my, my opinion on them a, a little bit more, and I'm going to be interested to see how they evolve from, from this win. I think this is the first big win for this group in a while.
0: It is definitely the first like really big character-building win. They, they've survived some upset attempts in the Bundesliga, uh, several by Lundberg in particular, but this was the first time I like, punch it above their weight class, and I, I was impressed by the win. So, uh, Let's look at their pool, because their pool, Pool B, is by far the craziest of any in the men's side of Champions League. Uh, nothing to look at in Pool A, all chalk there, uh, with the exception of Novi Sad beating Montpellier. I was surprised by that. Whatever, uh, not going to impact anything in the long run, but check out Pool B. Uh, crazy competitive. Most, uh, well, the reason why it's so competitive, not only because Berlin beat Xavierce, but Halkbank Ankara needed five sets to beat Habar Pazardzik. That one was a little interesting. For, what is up for with sure.
1: that? I mean, hey, Pazardzhik, Bulgarian team, Bulgaria, but in Bulgaria, like Bulgarian teams are just one of those teams that they they they've just got this extra passion meter. You know, those Balkan countries, French Canadians, they're all the same. Right. They have this this passion meter that sometimes they can just go into the depths and lose in five and they're really, really good at it. You know, they just they they just dig a little bit deeper and they get really passionate. They get real fired, fired up and lose in five. It's the really passionate people's way.
0: I mean, look um, at that. They're they're 0-3, but they've taken five sets and they have two points. Like they've got two five set losses against great teams elsewhere in this pool. Okay. And I don't know what I don't know what Hawk Bank Okara is doing. They went up two zero and fell asleep with the wheel to get this force to five.
1: I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like that team's a team that has a lot of fun. And sometimes with the teams, like, you know, teams that have a lot of fun, they tend to get a, gets away from them sometimes.
0: Yeah, that happens. But, yeah, I do want to give Pizzards a credit. I mean, back when we were previewing Champions League with Eric Shoji before the season started, he gave them a lot of credit saying, like, these are older guys like a lot of older former bulgaria national team guys that have mm. been there before they really Absolutely. know what it takes to get it done at this level so they're not going to be an easy out in this pool and yeah they've made things really interesting i mean look at this it's, it's crazy two and one with six points two and one with five points two and one with five points so uh and we're halfway through champions league now because again you play six matches uh in the fourth round we're halfway there it's possible that all three of those top three teams in pool b are going to make it out
1: hell it's even possible that hepberg makes it out
0: it is. It right, is they throw, a, they throw in a couple
1: of 3-0 uh, three, three nothing or 3, no, three oh wins, right? Like, they're in there.
0: Yeah, that, I know that it's, would...
1: not, it's probably not going to happen, but it's still statistically possible. Totally.
0: Totally statistically possible. So let's look at some of the other pools. Uh, pool C, no surprise. Lube, perfect, uh, with an almost perfect eight points. Um, pool D, uh, no surprises there after Trentino beat Zaxa in four uh, there with nine points at the top of the pool. Whatever. Uh, Pool E. Obviously, is the best team in the world, but uh, there actually is a lot of cannibalism going on beneath that. Uh, Zerat beat Ljubljana in five the other day, I'm pretty sure. The more right. I look at that pool, the more I love it. Ljubljana, yeah,
1: <laughs> Durin, and Zerat love teams. I absolutely love the fact that and Pankazi is at the bottom. I absolutely love the that But but they
0: like you said they could easily still make it out of this. Oh, I I hundred
1: percent think they're the best team there. Don't get don't don't get me wrong. I I definitely think that Zero Pankos should be coming out number two. That's why I love that they're down down at
0: the bottom. Yeah. So fun stuff in Champions League. A friendly reminder of the format of the Champions League, and this is important for the women's as well as we'll talk about in a second. And again. Why do we have to dig so far to find this information that they fundamentally changed the format of the best tournament in club volleyball? Why is this why is why is this not common knowledge? I mean, our boy Louis Lett, who we love, was commentating the Trentino versus Zaxa game last week and nobody told him. He didn't know that the format had changed this year. Why don't you tell your commentators this information? Why do we hey, have to you dig? You know what? This stuff? You know what we have though. We have a drawing of the lots. No, we don't. Not anymore. Oh, wait, we don't even have drawing of the lots? So what do we have anymore? That's what I'm saying. Come on. We don't have drawing of lots, not in Champions League, not anymore, not this year. So it's important that we remind everybody of how this is working because everybody is forgetting it, even the commentators on the games. So uh, 11 teams in the bracket this year, way more than the eight in previous previous years. If you win your pool, you advance. If you get second in your pool, you advance. Not the case previously. The last year it was like the top three out of the five teams. Not anymore. All five second-ranked teams get out. And then there's one more team. It's the top-ranked third-place team also gets into the, the elimination route. And there's the bracket there. The seeds are predetermined. No drawing of lots. We already know exactly who will play who based on rankings after the six matches of pool play is over. So that's going to create some posturing for position because Everett – if you're, if you're a team that is, is trying to make it out of your pool and is trying to go in Champions League, who would you not want to see in the first round? Um, Perugia. All right, that's exactly right. So if Perugia is going to end up being the top-ranked first-place team in their pool, which right now on set record in points they are going to be, you do not want to be on that top part of the bracket playing with them in the second round. You do not want to be the third or fourth-ranked out of the second-place teams Because even if you win that first round, you're going to play Perugia. You don't want that. So without drawing of lots, we know what the seeds are. We are going to start seeing teams really watch what's going on elsewhere in the standings. You're really going to see that. It's just like the World Championship earlier this year when the USA got screwed by having to play Poland twice. It's the same thing. When the seeds are predetermined, teams know that. And teams are going to be looking at what positions they're in. So it's really important to remind people of the new Champions League bracket format for this year.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think, to be honest, I don't even mind it. Let's, I like let's it. Add, I think it's let's awesome. add a little bit of drama. Let's add a little, a little spiciness. I know? love it. I think a it's little, way
0: better. Way little better. Little. I hate drawings of lots. I hate it.
1: Okay. Fair, fair enough. Well, uh, I mean, <sighs> Rob, do you want to see if we
0: can go to the world? Uh, blah, 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 Champions, Champions League, League final? Uh, yes, I would love to. Uh, I wonder where it's going to be. They haven't announced that yet. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, crazy yeah. that like we already know where the entire VNL is going to be, but we don't know where Champions League final is going to be. That is weird. That Volleyball's weird, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> All right. Uh, if, I wonder if, that every day. If you, uh, if you need more info about the Champions League format, uh, God knows you're not going to find it on the CEV website, so let us know in the Discord, and I'll at least send you this graphic. It's a nice little reference. Why did I have to make this? I made this. Why doesn't the CEV have this? Crazy. All right. Uh, let's talk about Women's Champions League, shall we? Sure. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, uh, Women's Champions League uh, is here. Uh, the Women's Champions League is back, and it started today. So the fourth round of the Women's Champions League started today. Um, we got, only had a couple matches, uh, and there was really nothing very notable. Uh, Novara beat Potsdam 3-1. Zhejov we- beat Moulaos 3-0. And Fenerbahce beat Tenerife 3-0. So nothing else there, but I do kind of want to go over the pools on the women's side a little real bit. Real quick, real quick. We just talked
1: about, like, why do you have to go out like this they don't even have the proper pools. Like nope. pool C still has the wi- like the winner. Pool D still has winner. Come on, I looky. I looked for a isn't an around hour. anymore. I, I mean, and I know like that's why I'm laughing about it, because I know you did the research on yeah, the I
0: looked for so like, long to find an updated graphic that actually has the pools populated with the play in teams, but couldn't find one. I had to go all the way back to their stupid drawing of lots to find this graphic. So we'll talk you through it even though it's not correct. God. All right, Pool A. Let's go down and talk about the Champions League pools a little bit. Uh, again, without Russian teams in the field this year, the field overall is weaker, and most pools have one clear favorite, but there are a couple that will be more fun. So Pool A, you've got Caneliano. Uh, they're they're an absolute wagon, but you got to remember that Zhezhov is good. Zhezhov's they, good. They're yeah. good. They're, they're, they might be the best team in Poland, and they beat Vokov Bank last year. So um, good stuff there in Pool A, but clearly a two-horse race. And, and uh, Mulhouse from France. And who's this Vasa's team? Uh, they're who are they? What no are they play? In? Hungary. They're a Hungarian team. Okay, we me that. All right, great. So there's a that Hungarian team in Champions League. Cool, good for mm-hmm. them. They they get a nice thanks for participating designation in Pool A. Uh, how about Pool B? You want, you want yeah. to talk about Pool B. 100.
1: I mean, at least we know all the teams in, in Pool B. Yes, we do. Um, Monza coming in at the top there. That team's going to be really interesting as they add Jordan Lyerson, but really just nothing else after that. Yeah, Levar, nice. Le, Valero Le Canet, not too bad coming out of France. Blage um, from I think Romania. Alba Blage is
0: Romanian, right?
1: Yeah, Blage is, is Romanian. That's a team that's been there, been there before. And I mean, the Romanian league is all right. I mean, but the fact that you've got two teams from Romania in the Champions League, I think, is, is a little weak. Uh, and then you have Promete uh, out of Ukraine. Uh, I didn't know the Ukrainian league was still running. Good for them if they are.
0: So it's interesting because they're they're a Ukrainian team, but they're playing in the Czech League. Uh, so kind of kind of similar to how uh, Barkom Leuven is playing in the Plus League on the men's side. So we've got a Ukrainian team. They're playing the regular season in the Czech League, but they're representing Ukraine in Champions League, which is cool. So I'm glad they get that opportunity. But again, thanks for participating. They're not honestly
1: like f- for me. I think Pool C gets shafted the most, as we see Bank, the defending champs, Novara, who even without. Jordan Poulter they're still good Potsdam which is a solid yeah, club Potsdam's coming in. pretty good like and if you're a Potsdam you're looking at the, uh, these other pools and you're like bro put me in pool uh, pool B right and I
0: can I can get out of that oh they, they could ease they would easily be the second best team in pool B but now they're really gonna have an uphill battle getting out of pool C especially because they played Novara today and only took one set but couldn't get any points yeah, that's that's definitely. Who's the fourth team in
1: uh, in that pool?
0: Uh, La Laguna, Tenerife. They're a team from the Canary Islands in Spain. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think they got smacked by Scandici in like the Challenge Cup finals last year. Yeah, if they I did remember it. Right.
1: Yeah, they did get smacked by Scandici. We didn't even talk about it. Because yeah, it was like, what is there the to talk about? Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what is there to talk about? Like, it, it, it doesn't it
0: doesn't make sense? So, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Let's talk about Pool D. Pool D's got Fenerbahce. Uh, We we know about Fenerbahce. They won the Turkish Super Cup already this year. They're one of those like big three baller teams in in the Turkish League. Oh, wait, Also, I was wrong about uh, the last team in Pool D. La Laguna's in Pool D. Uh, So La Laguna Tenerife is in Pool D because they lost to Fenerbahce today. Uh, The the last team in Pool C is a Serbian team. Okay. Uh, all right, Zvezda, so yeah. uh, all right, whatever. Uh, but Group D is kind of fun because you have Stuttgart from Germany, who's typically pretty good, and then Wodz from Poland, who might actually be the best team in Poland. And according to someone in the chat, uh, they beat Zhezhov recently in the Polish Women's League. So uh, this pool, I expect to be kind of fun. I think Fenerbahce, of those like clear one seeds, is the most beatable. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Think especially there's... in that pool too, with Lodge yeah.
1: and Stuttgart. I, bo- I think those are both two two solid teams. I'm pretty sure we've seen we've seen big upsets from German teams in the past few versions of the Champions League, especially in the in pool play. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one another one here this time.
0: Yeah, so Pool D and Pool C, I think are the have the like the have three good teams in them, or three like competitive teams in them. So uh, we'll just play Stuttgart this week. Uh, that's going to be good. I wonder if that's tomorrow or uh, or Thursday. Let me check. Uh, it's tomorrow. A uh, bunch of matches yeah. tomorrow, none of them on Thursday. So uh, a lot of volleyball tomorrow. So that's yeah. Pool D. And then uh, last but not least, Pool C. You've got a Basha from Turkey, who's awesome. Uh, they're back in Champions League. And then you've got Hamek Police, Polise, um, Polish team who... I think they make it out of the pools in Champions League most years. I think that-
1: they there there's t- traditionally the top team coming out right. of uh, out of Zhezhov, and I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, they've won the toron Liga for the past number of years. Yeah, they, they uh, win
0: they win every year. I think they've won yeah. like eight out of nine or something it's, crazy. It, it's truly
1: been between like like Zhezhov has really been trying to knock them off, but they haven't been able to. And Luge is, is is definitely in there in in the uh, toron Liga. We need to watch. I watched a lot more Torun Liga when it was just on. I had the Plus Liga app for a while. I watch way more. I need to I need to watch more.
0: Yeah, there's there's some good volleyball going on in the Polish women's league, but it's not like the same it's not like the clear second best league in the world like the men's plus league is. So a little bit no, yeah, story. You're but yeah, I mean two horse race in this pool. I mean Plovdiv out of Bulgaria, thanks for participating. Targoviste, Viste, I guess they're Romanian as well. Also yep. thanks for participating. Um I expected Zodja to maybe even make the finals. That's how good I think that team is. Oh, absolutely. You have arguably the best player in the world right now like with the
1: way that the way that she, the, boscovich has been playing and she's a world champion and she's the mvp and, and and everything like how can you not say she's arguably the best player in the world right now agona didn't win Agonu didn't win the, the 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 champions league last year Agonu didn't win the world club championships last year right she like what is Agonu won since that that big spree you know like she was on top for a bit. Now I think Boscovich is on top. So yeah, I a hundred percent think that, uh, Exasabaja is, is one of the teams to watch.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and I'm, they, I think they'll have no problem with him in their pool. I think that's, uh, I think that's probably looking at a six and O team. So again, we'll follow 100%. along with women's champions league. Uh, the, the rest of week one is all going down tomorrow, but you got to keep this bracket in mind because just like the men's world championship, when it was similar, how every single match, every set, Every point mattered a lot. It's going to matter the same for bracket seeding and Champions League on both the men's and the women's side. So uh, too early to really talk about that on the women's, but just keep it in mind because even for those, those, those teams that are the best teams in their pool, they've got to be pretty darn perfect to get those better seeds when it comes down to it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Real quick, uh, just about uh, that Romanian team, uh, Targo Viste. Big shout out to Canadian national team setter Kim Robitaille. Who is, oh, cool. a, who is going to be a part of, is a part of that team. And she'll be making her Champions League debut, Demet.
0: Love it. I uh, love North Americans playing in Champions League. Uh, we should put together a more comprehensive list of that. Actually, our, our boy Blair Lambert, a uh, shout out to Blair Lambert. He writes for Volleyball Magazine. Uh, he does Beauty. a good job of documenting uh, at least the American players that are playing overseas and in big tournaments. So uh, check out Volleyball Mag. Uh anything else about Women's Champions League before we get to talk about our favorite tournament in volleyball ever? No,
1: absolutely not. Let's uh, let's jump into the most
0: useless tournament
1: useless in volleyball.
0: The Club World Championship. All right. So back with another year of this stupid waste of space tournament. The men's club world championship starts tomorrow. It's going down in Brazil. It calls itself a world championship tournament, yet it's played every year. It features only six teams, and three of them are Brazilian.
1: We want to three doing? countries represented right now. We have three we countries have the, represented. We don't have the European champions, right? We do, yeah, because Zaka for
0: the second year in a row chose not to go. They're like, North we are... America is just punted. Screw you, North America. We don't
1: care about you
0: unbelievable and and it's the worst format ever it's the stupid final six format that we've gotten used to <laughs> oh, the last man. bunch of years god i hate this tournament so much well we, we might we might as well at least just tell people at least how it works before we totally clown on it so pool a you've got Perugia. we, we all know how good they are we've got Sado crucero they did win this tournament last year to their credit and then we've got renata so renata the second place team in brazil right now Great, whatever. Uh, cool. I think cool. <laughs> I think the Perugia is going to smoke both of them. I hope that Perugia versus Santa Cruzero and Pools is at least a little bit competitive. Uh, but- I hope
1: I like. I want Lopez to go off. That's all I want. Right, yeah, Lopez at uh, a disappointing. Ronnie, I'm I'm talking to you specifically right now. Lopez at a disappointing World Championships, I want Lopez to go off. That's all
0: I want. Sorry, Ronnie. Yeah. hopefully we. I I hope my screen share is working decently. Yeah, uh, here here. Great. Here's the volley box on uh, on Sada Crucero. This is a good roster. Nicolas great. Uriarte, former Argentinian national team center. He's awesome. Wallace on the right side. Lopez and Rodriguez on the left. Same duo that won it last year. Lopez was the MVP. Otavio in the middle is really good and then Lucas. Lucas Satkamp has never played for Santa Crucera before in his career. He was always kind of a sesi Sao Paulo guy. And Then that one year at Modena, but finally, uh, probably the best middle in Brazilian history is playing for their best club team. And then I don't know who either of the liberos are, but this roster is pretty good. I don't think they're Perugia good, but they're pretty darn good. And I'm excited to see them at, at least see what the best of the Brazilian league has to offer. So they're, wait, they're pretty a-
1: darn good playing at home because it's this Tournament is in Brazil, uh, yes. correct? Yes, it so they're, is. They're pretty darn good playing at home. And I think that's the most important thing, right? And that's what we've seen time and time with his event, where the European teams go over and maybe play a little bit lesser to their abilities because, you know, the not playing at home and, and, and everything. So I still think this is a decent squad by by of Cruzeiro. It's not up there like the other years that they've had in the past, but you've still got some of the best players in the world out there, so it should be fun.
0: Yeah, I... I think they can at least make some noise. I'm excited to watch that out of Crucero. Uh, Renata, on the other hand, I'm pulling up their roster right now. Really nobody that I recognize other than Nicolas Lazo is like a backup Argentinian outside hitter. And then uh, this Felipe Roque character is some gigantic, like 2 meters 12 guy on the right side. But I don't recognize anybody else in this roster.
1: Fair enough. They did? No, they got
0: second. No, how did they... I think, I think they're technically hosting because I think that like the way that you get bursts into this tournament, it's like the, the top two teams from Europe, the top two teams from South America, the top team from Asia, and then the host. So I think that Reynada counts as the host because Sada Crucero and then Minas, the other Brazilian team that we'll talk about in a minute, I think they got top two at the South American Club Championship last year. But it's crazy that we have three Brazilian teams in this tournament. It's absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean,
1: we all know why, though. Drop a little bit of money. For, yeah. And none of the other teams want to go. Like, why not? So stupid. Yeah. Uh, all right.
0: Pool B. Uh, you got Trentino in Pool B. Uh, we know them. They're good. They're going to sweep through this pool. No problem. We've got this Iranian team, uh, PyCon, who I know nothing about. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, PyCon is the team that lost to Trinity Western
1: back in 2012. <laughs> Trinity Western got true. got 27 blocks against them back in back in 2012. This is this is 100% that that like that team does exist yeah so this yeah. is the
0: team this is the team that went out last year and picked up namir abdelaziz Irving ingapet <laughs> Maruf. like absolutely went and like sold the house just to win the asian club championship so they brought on those guys for like a week last year they won the asian club championship and that's why they're in this tournament but obviously they're not going to bring back any of those guys because they're playing real volleyball in real countries so um i do think that our our boy amin Amin Esmail-Najad, the lefty from Iran's World Championship team, is on this roster, at least according to the Volleyball World website. They've got, like, Hazratpur, the national team libero, and Vadi, the national team setter. But, like, that's that's it. They have no middles or no outsides that I recognize. So I don't have very high hopes for that team.
1: Yes, PyCon is the team that lost to Trini
0: Western back in in, uh, <laughs> in 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 2012. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I mean they maybe they maybe they beat Minas like that might be competitive but they'll get smoked by Trentino for sure Um, as for Minas let's check out their roster Uh, mostly Brazilians who've got the legendary William Arjona setting he's How old is he, 42, 43? He's he's, he's getting 79. What a monster. (laughs) Same age age as Rafael, I think, who's setting for for Verona. Amazing. Oh, man. Uh, Got a bunch of Brazilian dudes, including Visoto, a legendary big opposite there who I've never liked very much that I've been clowned for for disliking Visoto for a while, but he's there. One, One person to point out there, number 19,
1: he's a 2004 on this roster. That's Arthur Bento. Uh, yeah. So we've talked about him before. He's the Canadian kid. Uh, as you see, Aurora Storm right there. Uh, that's just north of North of here in Toronto. He's the Canadian kid that basically Team Canada turned down because he was too good and too young. And we just didn't know what to do with him. So we just sent him back to Brazil. Great. And now he's playing for, <laughs> now he's playing at the World Club Championships and he's probably going to start for them. And he was the captain for the junior national team. Right. So yeah, he was in, like, as I as I said, like I just did all of those, uh, those highlights from the Pan Am Cup and he was hands down their best player at the Pan Am Cup um and he's gonna he's gonna be some someone to watch so i would be he,
0: and he wanted to play for the canadian national team and volleyball canada yep. said no thank you
1: yep yeah <laughs> pretty much that's pretty 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 much how it goes. i remember i used to beg his mom's like like he's canadian right and she's like yes don't worry he plays for canada and then i was like adriana what happened and she goes we tried we, t- we tried but like they wouldn't they wouldn't take him he said he was too young and that they're like cool. okay well we're gonna go brazil
0: what so yeah, doing?
1: Arthur Bento is is going to be one to watch. He's he's a kid that uh, I love. I'm going to love to, to see succeed, and he's going to be very very good. Also, Austin
0: Wilmot. Who is yep. that? Uh, so we've, uh, we've second year in a row. We've got a a random, well, not so random to me, but we've got an American VLA middle playing in the World, Champ- World Club Love Championship it. for a Brazilian team. Last year it was Pat Gasman for Funvik. Uh, this year, uh, Austin or AJ Wilmot. Uh, he graduated from Pepperdine about a year ago. Um, he was on that Emiola team that won the VLA Cup last year. He's really good. Uh, he's big. He's like 6'10", super long, uh, good attacking range. I've been talking to him a lot of since he's been down in Brasilia this year. And uh, this Minas team is good. Uh, they're, they're third right now, but they're like basically dead tied with Renata. There's really only three teams that matter in the Brazilian league. So um, this this Minas team is pretty good, and AJ Wilmot is very very good. Uh, I like him, and I, I expect him to start. Austin, I, it's weird that
1: he wasn't on that Pan Am team. That played, I am uh, I
0: am surprised that he was not on that Pan Am team. Like I'm you had
1: surprised. Pat Gassman, but you didn't have Austin Wilmot. Like, they, would, they could have used him, too. Yeah, they could have. Maybe maybe a bit of Tyler Mitchum in there as, as well, too, just to get some legs under him. But, uh, yeah, all right. Awesome
0: Wilmot. Going to be... And, uh, Mikey uh, Nascimento there, one of their national team liberos, plays in this Minas team. And then uh, Luis Eliana Strada is... I don't know very much about him. I know he was a backup on Modena for a little bit, but I just kind of see him on Instagram everywhere. Yeah, kind of Ronnie, away.
1: can you can you come in <laughs> here and chime he's in? Because yeah. he's, he's, he's Cuban, right? So... You know, he's, he's 100% C- Cuban. So, yeah, he's Cuban, yeah. for sure. Ronnie, let us know. He's been to Moden. It seems like he was supposed to be one of those guys who's supposed to be really good. And just Now he's just on Instagram.
0: <laughs> seems like there's a bunch of those Cuban dudes. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about the format of this tournament. I mean, it's the worst. You've got that stupid three-team pool play. So it's this tournament starts tomorrow, by the way. Uh, here are the times on the screen. The times on the screen are in my local time, which is American Central time. So add an add hour onto this. If you're Eastern, subtract two hours if you're on the West Coast or just go to the website yourself. Uh, so you've got round-robin pools Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then you've got semifinals on Saturday, December 10th, and finals or medal matches Sunday, December 11th. Are you commentating any of this? I'm not commentating any of this. Uh, God knows Clayton Lucas wouldn't give up the opportunity to sit at home and, and not talk but get paid to commentate those matches all himself. So that's what I expect. Um, <laughs> Oh Sada Crucero Sada versus Perugia on Friday is actually a good one. And it's weird yeah. for us North Americans that these are actually in like prime time and like the evening for us, uh, which is not very normal. So I actually like this. Do you um, want to watch some of
1: these games, Rob? Like Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I do. I, I'm looking forward to definitely like Crucero versus Perugia on uh on Friday is gonna be really fun. And when Perugia beats them, Sada Crucero will probably play Trentino on Saturday, and that's gonna be fun as well. So yeah, um, there's gonna be some fun matches. And like yeah. I know we clown on this tournament, but
1: it's it's a good opportunity for us to watch on volleyball world TV. And so yeah, we're you know we're gonna be watching all of it.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna be watching all of it, but it just the we just hate fundamentally the fact that it's called a, a world championship tournament and it's played every year. It only has six teams and represents three countries. That is not a world championship. It's not.
1: No, it's 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 just garbage. Let's Yeah. It's just volleyball in a nutshell. That's yeah. that's exactly what it is.
0: It's, it's the worst. So uh, we'll we'll catch up on it next week. We'll know the winner. And then the Women's Club World Championship follows immediately uh, behind it. So we'll talk about that on next week's show, which hopefully should be a slightly better tournament than this one. Uh, can we move on to a couple other quick headlines ever before we wrap up the show? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I know,
1: Gussie Pussy, it's not something we're, try- we're trying not to do that. We're trying to we're trying to be nice, but it's hard to be nice. It's hard. It's hard to be nice. It's, it's, hard, to be it's, nice it's when, hard to be nice. when you're on the sidelines begging for a chance to yeah. muteless wonders.
0: Ridiculous. All right. Walking oh.
1: ananomotopias. Animat- whatever. Um.
0: <laughs> well, walking ananomotopia. On, on I like that. Let's talk about the Plusliga. Uh, let's talk about the Plus Liga because there are a couple headlines here. So last week, uh, as you have the standings on your screen there, last week we told you there are two coaches fired. Uh, Vershava fired their coach and also Charney Rado, who's the second to last team in the league, they fired their coach, but they did something very interesting in finding their new head coach. That's that they pulled a player straight off the roster and promoted him immediately to be the head coach of the team. Pavel Wojcicki, one of their much older backup setters, was immediately promoted straight off the bench of like he was a player. And was immediately promoted to be the head coach of his team in the middle of the season, which I can't say I've ever heard before. I think that is actually a first. Well, I've, I've never heard of it in like a. I've heard of it in like a crappy league, like, well, like yeah, teams like playing in like league.
1: Denmark and and stuff like that. Like guys would be like coming home, and be like, "Yeah, you know, my coach co- quit for the, the quit halfway through the season because he was sleeping with the uh, the team owner's <laughs> wife." So uh, yeah, just my buddy John just took over the team and we won the championship. Denmark was great. Sorry,
0: Unbelievable. Denmark. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so anyway, this Fwitski guy, who's like a veteran setter, he has been coaching a little bit with the Polish national team in an assistant role, but like his goal, he was on this Charney Radom team to be the backup setter. And they're like, oh, we actually need a coach. Uh, surprise, here you go. So uh, they, they bring think up. He was, do you think, like, I feel like this
1: is, is this is, okay, I, there's other two situations. One, this is a Jeff Saturday situation where all of a sudden. Kind of like that, yeah. You know, like Jim Irsay just comes in your office like, hey, you want to coach an NFL team? I got a pretty good one. Come come up here and do it. Either either you know a little less te- Texas draw and a little bit more Polish, or <laughs> it's just been building up. And like, was it Naroki? Naroki who is uh, Navrotsky was ne- the Navrotzky? guy that they fired. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's be honest, he's been fired from place to place to place to place. Yes, so I has. wonder if there was almost a subplot being like, look, we're going to bring him in for a little bit. He'll coach his one game versus Scra. He'll go out on top and happy, and then we'll sack him and we'll get your coaching career. Kapish, Capish? You know. Those, so, those are the two situations in my head.
0: I could, I could see either one. So uh, welcome, Wojcicki, to the new head coaching job of Charney Rodham. Uh, Rodham also went out and picked up my boy, a uh, friend of the program. I believe he watches the show, American setter Matt West. Ooh. Who, last okay. year he was last year was the backup on Berlin. Uh, he was hanging around with, I think it was Giesen in the German league. Um, but uh, Rodham paid him to come over and be their backup setter. So shout-outs to Matt West. I love that guy. I love his game. And then I'm uh, pointing the chat. Uh, is exactly what I was going to bring up since making that move to fire Navrotsky. Charney Rodham has been playing better, much better. They pushed Zox to five the other day and like they, they couldn't win it in the fifth set, but and Zox's struggles are documented, but that's still an extremely good team that I don't expect Rodham to be beating in any way ever. And they took no. him to five. So maybe a little bit of youth or a guy that really, really knows the locker room because he was part of it less than a week ago. Maybe that is the head coach. Maybe it's working out for him. So kind of a cool story. See what happens when you kick
1: the boomers out of the trench coat. Hey, Good things happen. Good things the, happen.
0: Kick the boomers out of the trench. Kick, coat. kick the boomers out of the trench coat. This we need. <laughs> it needs to happen. So the only other thing we got to talk about in the Plus Liga is that Yashemski Vengil has lost again. Everett, uh, two weeks in a row, where we're talking about a JW loss. Uh, they lose in five to Skrabelkatov, which is like not. Certainly not a shameful match to lose, but all of a sudden the ah, top of the standings ah. are a lot closer than they were before.
1: Like it, last year, like in years past, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, losing to scrum—that's not so bad." But like this year, scrum doesn't really like. Okay, I mean, I guess yeah, they... they're
0: they're starting Filippo Lanza. At, at outside Like, you, like you got Lucas facina <laughs>
1: Filippo Lanza, and and like uh, Alexander Stanievich. Like you know, this isn't. This isn't the, the the Scraw that we've known in the past. But you know, you know,
0: you know who still plays for Scraw? It's Matej Bignic. Bignic. You want to hear this stat line? Oh, my God. I'm just reading this for the first time. This is absolutely insane. Oh, my God. 17 for 22 attacking with no errors. <laughs> 77% efficiency. 17 for 22 attacking with no errors. Five blocks and an ace. That is Are absolutely you giving blocker,
1: 22 attempts. I mean, it makes sense, especially when you see the geriatrics around him. That's they, outrageous. You know, one of them has great hair. The other one has none. But, like, Matush Bianiak, like, wow, 22 attempts. I know it was a five-setter, but still 22 attempts. Yeah. That's all. Well, he awesome.
0: He's the best player on that team by far. 100 so I, I agree with no Uh Also important to note, as, I mean, Gussie Pussy in the chat is is beating us to every one of our headlines. Uh, Benj- Benjamin Tony Uti's hurt. Uh, he didn't play. Uh, it was uh finished setter. Amy, target Porti the whole time for JW. Then Stefan Boyer wasn't great, but he got benched for Jan hadrava who ripped eight aces, which is insane. And they still lost in five. That's crazy. But real talk, Gussie Pussy, you want a job? Like yeah, dude, you, you, seriously, this, thank you this for being entire, actually, Yeah, And this he's entire chat
1: is literally him saying exactly what we're about to say every <laughs> single time. Like, like, do you, do you want to be a researcher for us? Like come on. Like Man. literally you know everything that's that's going on.
0: Yeah, uh DM us on either Instagram at 9x9 volleyball or one of our individual Instagrams or on Discord uh talk to us. We'll we'll get, we'll get you involved. I'm impressed. Yeah, with
1: for this. sure. Where are you from? Like yeah. I, I I can't you know. No, I this? think I think he says he's is at- he's Italian. But really? still just yeah, he oh. said he said something earlier, uh, earlier up. He said, like, I read it in, it in Italian
0: media. Well, that, that, that just means he's looking in the right places. It doesn't mean he's Italian. I mean, to read about that Stephen Marr headline earlier, I had to read it on a Russian website. That was the only place it was reported. Ridiculous. All right. All right. Well, uh, let, let's, let's talk about a couple more things before we wrap up the show. Last week, we previewed the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament. Um, 64 teams in the American University playoffs are down to 16. So we've got the Sweet 16. Um, as we always call it in these American college tournaments. And there were absolutely no upsets in making it to the round of 16, except for one, your girl, Caitlin Genovi and the Houston Cougars. Uh, they advance as a five seed, So they're going to take on Stanford. Uh, they're the only seed that's not chalk. Every other region was seeds one, two, three, and four, making it to the sweet 16. But uh, I, think... I mean, I, I, I do think that the
1: upset there was Auburn taking down Creighton. Creighton. Good point. Who, who were the hosts. Yeah. Um, uh, all credit going to you know, the Houston Cougars. Not only did they, are they the the lowest or the highest, lowest highest, whatever you want it, whatever you want to call it, seed to make it through. They also had the most viral clip of the weekend of that oh. amazing play from the libero who dove into the table, and it's it's been it's been everywhere. Like even TSN, and ESPN
0: is repo, uh, posting yeah. it. Awesome, um, awesome clip. Go look it up. It was it, it as good of like a libero putting her body on the line as I've ever seen. And then they ended up winning the point, which is even better.
1: Yeah. So. Big ups to uh, the Houston Cougars uh, for getting through that, that first round. Like, that's a program that hasn't been to the, to the dance since 1999. Now they win that first round. They get to go take on Stanford. And if you're going to lose at the tournament, you might as well do it against Stanford in Palo Alto. In
0: Palo Alto. So I'm glad and- you brought that up because here's here's the schedule for this week's games. Uh, they're Thursday, all the elite, the sweet 16 games are Thursday. So that's eight matches on Thursday, which is crazy. And then all of the elite eight games are on Saturday. So I know a couple of years ago, there was a lot of complaining that those, those two matches are being played back to back. They're giving them a day break this year, which is good. Uh, so on Saturday is going to be must watch. Uh, it's all on ESPNU in the States and, um, join the discord. We'll try and help you find ways to watch these matches. It's getting good at this point. These teams are really, really good by now.
1: Yeah, the one thing that I'm not so stoked about on the women's, like where the women's tournament isn't quite like men's v- basketball is that first round doesn't have much hype. You don't get right. too many upsets in in the first round. There's just not enough quality to get through like especially when like, you're talking about like a 464 team bracket, but once you get down to like the like what we're down to 16, now yeah. like right. once you're once you're down to this, like this is where shit gets good. Like honestly looking at this 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 docket, there's not one match they don't want to watch. Right there's not there's it's not big. one match that has like a, that has a, like a little bit of intrigue. Man, Saturday's going to be fantastic. You've got two sick World Cup games going on, like England versus France, and then all Don't of talk this about
0: soccer on this show. I was in such a good mood. I hate that sport so much.
1: I mean, hey, at least the Packers beat the Bears this weekend.
0: That is right. I guess they did. Uh, yeah, well, Saturday is just a good volleyball day. Uh, I mean, 100%. Yeah, four Elite Eight games. We've got Club World Championship semifinals for what it's worth. I'm sure there are games going on in all Europe. So that's cool. Uh, the NCAA tournament is cool. You should watch it if you can. Uh, we'll help you in the Discord uh, figure out ways to watch it. But, yeah, Everett, I agree with you. Uh, all eight of those games on Thursday are all interesting enough to warrant watching. All, all of them are very, very good. Uh, Penn State, Wisconsin in particular jumps off for me as a Big Ten guy. 100%. Um, Ohio State and Minnesota, as well. Like Hugh McCutcheon's college coaching career could end any day now. Yeah, uh, season Last season. So, a lot of good stuff. Very fun tournament.
1: Yeah, 100%. As we said, Caitlin Janovi and the Houston Cougars taking on number one Stanford. And once Genovi's done, she's, she's agreed to come back and do some more NCAA stuff because she's just a wealth of knowledge when it, when it comes to NCAA. And that's good. Rob, if there's one area that we don't do great in, it's win, women's NCAA.
0: Right, and I, I think there is there is some coverage out there for the women in but There is, I, yeah. We, we could do it more during the regular season. There's just so much. There's if, so many teams. If it, someone it,
1: wants to be a full-time NCAA reporter, commentator, or whatever for us next season, let us know. Hit yeah, us in the
0: chat. I'm trying hard to break in to get to commentate some games here in the States. It's been difficult, but that would be a big break for, for me to get a lot more consistency doing a lot of those games because there's so... Many of them. So, yeah, NCAA is cool. Check out the games Thursday and Saturday. A uh, couple more headlines, ever then, the show's pretty much done. One, we, we want to follow along with the, the coaching search for the Turkish women's national team because we know no more Giovanni Gudetti. Now, we talked about they were trying to go after uh, Ferhat Akbash, the guy who's coaching in Zajabasha, but he took the Croatian job. There's some weird stuff going on there. The latest rumor is that they're going to try and go poach the reigning world champion head coach. They're going to go try and grab Daniele Santarelli from the Serbian women's team to the tune of €200,000. Pretty compelling, if I do say so myself. Pretty compelling, considering that he does
1: coach for Conigliano during the regular season, and you know he's probably getting paid a pretty penny over there as well. And I mean, hey, like, why not? But the, my question is, does Santorelli want to leave what he's built with Serbia? and to go into a situation where you is, is far more volatile with significantly less skill, right. significantly less skill. And I'm sorry, but just like per, like player per player, like those two teams don't match up. And there's a reason that they're the two time defending world champions and that Turkey hasn't been able to get themselves on a podium, right? There's just the quality of the roster isn't there. And- yeah,
0: I mean, he's obviously got Tiana Boscovic on the Serbian team, but I agree with you. The rest of that team is better than the rest of the Turkish team. I completely agree. And so, and uh, it seems to me like Santorelli, I mean, right now, it's pretty clear that he's the best coach in volleyball on either side. Uh, I, I think it, his track record with Canagliano speaks for itself, him winning. W- the most impressive thing for me was Santorelli taking third at VNL with Serbia last year without Boscovic on the team. Yeah, that was an awesome coaching performance. And so it's either, it's either him or DeGiorgi of the Italian men's team. Like Those are the two best coaches in the world right now. So I, I, if I'm Santorelli, I don't know if I want to leave what, what he's got with Serbia. I think he's got a pretty good deal going. Maybe he could leverage that to get more money out of him. But uh, I think the Serbian job is both more secure and prime for more immediate success than the Turkish job. 100% you're not your YouTube comments aren't going to get flooded in any to anywhere oh, you go right God, like, I would not want to have to deal with with Turkish media all the time that would be because like long. look
1: look look at what happened with with um with Gdedi. yeah Goodetti at the at the end like to, like taking shots at players in the media and stuff like that like that's just very unlike him um and for you know he was so beloved in that country and it was just it just ended in such a fiery fiery ending so yeah you know does Santa really want to go there I don't I don't think he does
0: uh, last but not least, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, like early club season, we talked about a headline that we were reading on World of Volley. It was like this Hungarian female opposite in the in the Korean women's league that racked up a hundred attempts, which was ridiculous. And we thought that that would maybe never be done again and never be broken. Sure enough, it was <laughs> <laughs> a few <laughs> weeks later. A <laughs> few weeks later, absolutely insane. So there's a Chinese opposite of Chinese female opposite by the name of Miao Yiwen. Uh, who plays for this Sichuan team, who apparently is not very good. And they beat this Hainan team, who's also not very good, in five, uh, 16-14 in the fifth. And Miao Yiwen went 37 for 110. They gave her 110 balls. Uh, 37 kills, 8 errors, blocked 11 times, 16.4% efficiency. Not great, but 110 attempts. I remember back like a few,
1: a number of years ago, a legendary maple volleyball. The name of Dallas Sunius. I love
0: Dallas Sunius, Uh, the old lefty. I remember him.
1: Yeah, Dallas Sunius, my man, uh, played in China, and I remember him telling me he's like, dude, I just show up and I'm playing with literally a bunch of high schoolers, you know, (laughs) and that he's just like every ball, they're just chucking it up to him. So as soon as I saw this headline, I thought of Dallas. Long hair, and all just getting chucked hundreds of balls on the right side because he's literally playing with high schoolers. And I'm sure if we had video of it, uh, that's what it would gotta what be. What would yeah, see.
0: gotta be something similar here. I mean, I, I hope the paychecks are worth it. I know some of those East Asian leagues that, that they pay that one that one banger a lot of money to take 110 swings a game. But this is absolutely insane. But it my shoulder would fall off. I can't even think 100.
1: But I mean, like she's Chinese, right? So she wouldn't be right. allowed, like. You know, is she getting paid more? I don't know. I don't Um, know. I I don't really want to step into that whole world of Mm -hmm. politics. I don't know how any of that works. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay with that. But still 110 attempts in a match is a lot, but what what gets me more is that she was only 37 for 110. Like it's not like she was, how, how bad,
0: how bad's the rest of your team? If, if, if like you're giving this girl 110 balls and she's not really even putting them away for you.
1: Right. Once again, probably playing with high schoolers.
0: Probably. Uh, so that was crazy. We thought we would share it with you guys, but I think that's about it for the show. Uh, a lot going on there. So enjoy, well, enjoy Club World Championship as best as physically possible. Enjoy NCAA. Enjoy uh, Poland, Germany, Italy, wherever you're watching volleyball this week. And join the Volleyball Source Discord. The link is in the description for that uh, to talk about all the volleyball going on this week. That's where it's going down. So uh, get in there, and uh, I think we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, make sure you head over to that
1: thatvolleyball.store. Um... To pick up your brand new
0: nine by nine squared merch. I'm yeah, stoked for it. Really cool logo. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna get one of those. So That's check out it. the store. Uh check us out, subscribe to volleyball source, and we'll see you next Tuesday, same time, same place. Peace.